Welcome to the Countdown Podcast. We're going to review Blue Beetle for you. My name's Wayne. And my name is Paul, without the inflection. <laughs> uh, let's get straight into it then for, well, I can't quite work this out, Wayne, if I'm mm. really honest, right from the get-go. Go on. Is this the last film in the DCEU, or is it the first film in the new DC According to Jim Universe, Gunn, the man who should know, who should know, he said that this is, although it doesn't do any of the storytelling setup he was going to do with his Superman movies that he's still writing or has, has written or whatever, yeah. he said, technically, this is the opener of the DC, whatever the new, the new genre, right. the new fucking guard is. And I just realized I'm wrong for people yelling at me. Yes, Aquaman is coming out to saw the trailer today. For Aquaman The Last Kingdom, I guess that's the last film. That, that would have to be because he was present in all those other films. Yeah. This one here... It's his own thing. Because there's it's references a, to uh, like Batman. It's very loose references to Gotham Batman. City. And once at some point there's a Superman reference, but... Yes, but nothing more and nothing like... Yeah, you have no specific... Is the Superman Henry Cavill or is the... Aqu- whatever, you know, so yeah. All right, well, with that sort of in mind, this one is directed by Angel Manuel Soto. Angel... Well, we'll get there. Here we go. And it starts. Oh, it's written by Gareth Dunet Alcoca, characters from DC, produced by John Rickard and Zev Foreman. No Peter Safran or James Gunn attached there. It stars, forgive me. <laughs> Here we go. Zolo Maraduena, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Adrian, Adriana Barraza, Damian Alcaza, Raul Max Traulo, Susan Sarandon, and George Lopez. George Lopez is an easy one. Thank God. <laughs> 127 minutes long. Budget of $104 million. Hmm. Was only meant to go to HBO Max. Oh, is that so? But the filmmakers lobbied hard enough for it to be released to cinemas and it's box office way in return. A very not fantastic 115.7 million around the world. So How long has it been out in the world? Huge flop. Now, this is one of the, here's my little rant time. We'll get over and done with very early in the piece. This came out like four weeks ago in the States. Mm-hmm. All listeners around the rest of the world will have seen this film or chosen not to see this film as the box office may suggest. And it's come over out here in Australia very, very late. Still a whole week and a half before the school holidays begin. I don't know what they're thinking. It's ridiculous. At least it's not out to stream yet. But the moment it drops the streaming, no one's paying to see it anywhere else. Well, that's the thing. Um, uh, we we don't have a rep at DC, so or whatever this movie house is, what, WB. Well, it's, well we, sometimes oh, do we, we do, but we do. So we do through Universal. Point is, we, 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 I, we paid for we this We paid one. like everyone else. Paid, so. yeah, which is fine. That happens you know, probably yeah. half the films that we, yeah, yeah, we totally, review. Totally. Not, to, not to suggest that we should have been yeah. given up. I don't even know if they did it. And maybe they did do it very just for critic, the proper critics. We're, the, we're the second layer yeah, tier that, critics, yeah, right? The people who want to read we're, we're in no delusion about where we stand in the world yes. <laughs> when it comes to film reviews and influence that we have. So that's the Vital Statistics, Wayne. What is the story? Okay, it's about Jamie Reyes, who nope, is... Nope, Reyes? Hami. Ha- oh, is Hami? Hami? Hami. Hami. J-A-I-M-E. Yeah, we would say Jamie. The, the, joke, the movie makes a point of making that joke. Jaime. Jaime. Okay, you're right. Jaime yep. Reyes. Reyes. Hey, I got that Reyes. one, right? Yeah, hey, well done, old man. He is a graduating uni student who lives in... I guess this is Mexico, right? They do say it's Mexico. It's definitely somewhere in South America, but they, I do believe it's... If it's Mexico... It's Palmyra or Palmyra yeah, City. Yeah, but like that's so around the Mexican province. Yeah, yeah. It's, Even it's, though the city that they're looking at looks nothing like Mexico. No, but so, it's kind of like there's Gotham City and yeah, there's so Metropolis. It's the next Exactly. In now. DC, all the cities yeah. are fake. Yep. So 
Um, yeah, so he's he he comes back to after having studied, and he finds himself at in Gotham Law University. At Gotham Law, exactly. So he finds himself. Uh, he's you no, know, he's with his fam and everything, and this sort of low socioeconomic kind of thing, and that's the point they make. But family is all important. Family is all important. There is so much family in this film that Vin <laughs> Diesel will be fucking <laughs> shitting bricks. To be fair. This depiction of family is far better than the Fast and Flaps one. So, well, in my estimation, because they're an actually real family. Yeah, they they all look the same and shit. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, anyway, he finds himself in possession of an ancient relic of an alien biotechnology called the Scarab. And when the Scarab chooses Jaime to be its symbolic host, he's bestowed with all this suit of armor, powers, extraordinary shit, and that forever changes his shit and his destiny. It's DC's venom. Uh, Just a really shit version thereof, which is saying something. I guess it is, although I'll tell you this. I'm familiar with this Blue Beetle character. Oh, you are? Yeah, he's um, the original in that comic, the, is Ted Cord is the actual right. guy. Referenced and in this film? Yes, quite a few but, times. It's, but it's not fucking, there's no, to my knowledge, there's no Scarab. It's actually, he's, he's like he's Iron tech. Man. He's like Iron Man. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is it. And, That's um, quite a big change then if it, this is not alien technology as the film presented as. I'll tell you as. this, th- it may be that the Ted Cord I'm talking about is Golden Age DC. This There could have been many iterations. In okay. fact, I'm sure of it where this is now the thing. So there you go. And that's Blue Beetle, everyone. <laughs> All right. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critical reception of this one thus far has been 78% of critics were positive out of 255 with an average rating of 6.4 out of 10. On Metacritic, 61 out of 100 from 50 critics indicating generally favorable reviews. And cinema score, this one gets a B plus on the A plus to F scale from audiences exiting the cinemas. So generally speaking, not terrible. Not terrible. Yeah, solid, I solid. think, is where you'd put this one according to the rest of the critics. But what's important here is our view, Wayne. What did you think of Blue Beetle? Blue Beetle. Good. Mm. I think it's good. This kid, the lead, um, the Karate Kid guy. I didn't know he was from... Uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. I think he's really good. He seems like an up-and-coming movie star. Good-looking kid. Um, Agreed. He's uh, he's good in the, he's good with the camera. I seem to like him immediately. He's very charismatic. Yes, charismatic. Charismatic uh, Mexican person. Latino, whatever. Yeah, um, I think he's well, certainly meant to be. That's what it's the yeah, yep. Now, what I like about this film is I didn't expect this and I knew nothing about this going in, but I was pleased to find out, and I'm sure this is a James Gunn thing. They say shit a lot in this film. And there's even drug-taking jokes in the film. And there's cussing and all that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, I expected kind of a kid's film. This is not an adult film, but it's not a kid's film. Because this stuff usually doesn't fly. And so I'm like, well, that's automatically good. The girl, like his sister's like, I gotta take a shit, bro. I'm like, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious, right? So I can't imagine why you would find a shit joke well, funny it's just that, well, in well, a superhero <laughs> film. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I don't... Look, I've long held this belief. If it's not risque it's not that funny right there are some funny things that aren't risque but there's very few and far between (laughs) if you ask me it's going to be a little salty for it to be funny anyway that's me so straight away stand resolute (laughs) motherfucker (laughs) i'm telling you man you i think you'll find i'm right anyway example thereof of said comedy right so other than that i think it's not groundbreaking god no right there's nothing really that new here but i'll tell you that the styling of it the way the city looks, like it looks like this animated city, but it's the city. Neon lights. Neon everywhere. lights. I'm Asian. I'm gonna like LEDs and neon. Okay, <laughs> that's just how that is. All right, but um, Vince, <laughs> please. The the lead character being charming and affable, and the family being at least not annoying. Oof. Oh, did you think the sister was annoying, Paul? Oh, we'll get there. We'll get okay, there. Okay, okay. 
But that was they—they they played a relatively sort of background thing. It's still like you hoping for the. Well, I guess they did actually. No, not really. Yeah, you're right. There was quite a bit of them. <laughs> but this is like at least it didn't go Shazam, where everyone's fucking super. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I overall look. It's not like you said. It's not the best thing you've ever seen, but it was better than I expected. Okay. What do you pull? General thoughts. We're getting into spoilers straight after that. I I didn't like this very much. No, really. I was really bored. Really bored. The first two acts of this film, there's a lot of setup and not a lot of interesting or or much action at all. It does gear up in the the second half of the film, I will say, and there's a couple of, of key action sequences, one of which I thought was pretty good. Yep. But the film makes some choices around that family thing, which I was like, eh. You have an aversion to the Steven Spielberg-iness of it all? Yeah. With I, all this family this and family that. Maybe being an ethnic person, I, I'm, I'm a little warmer to it. <laughs> well, I, I really want to note, I really want do want to emphasize that and thank you for the reminder. Yeah. It, it's great to see, you know, uh, Latino culture or Latino culture represented in this particular way. And sure. family is such a huge part of it. So I understand why it's there. I, sure. do, I do, I do, I get it. And I don't know if it was the characters. I do know. George Lopez shat me to fucking tears in this George movie. Lopez shoots everyone too. Too much George Lopez. The man who's made a name for himself, at least in cinema circles in my house, from being the villain in Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Like, oh, was he in that? What did he fucking do? I only know him from his stand-up work. And he used to have a TV show where the, the theme song was Low Rider. You know that yeah, song? Yeah, I oh, yeah. That song. So anyway, uh, but that's all I I just know. found him, his character to be so far ridiculous and over the top, even for a superhero film. I'm like, yeah. oh, enough, please. And the that uncle. so heavily on him in the, in the back third of this movie. I'm like, no. It's probably because he's the only name in that cast. <sighs> I don't think that's a good reason. My problem with him is his voice. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, look, that aside, I do agree with you that the lead here, uh, Zolo or Zolo, how, I'm not that, sure how to say it. That dude? Yeah, Jaime in the film is really good. And probably the best thing about the movie by a long way. I joked about the Fast and Furious vibes as before, but mm-hmm. dear God, the love interest in this movie looks so much like Georgiana Brewster in the first Fast and Furious movie. I'm like, whoa. She's lovely, isn't she? She's gorgeous looking. Gorgeous. But like, there were some shots, I, they could be sisters standing next to each other. It's incredible how much look, they look alike. You know what's funny? Georgiana Brewster is this odd thing. She's a gorgeous girl, but she's a little masculine the way she looks. Don't you th- I don't know if you think this or not, but I've always thought that. Like, I'm like, she's like, she's like handsome. This woman is handsome. <laughs> Maybe she's got a stronger chin than you're used to. Yeah. But look, so anyway, that was just a random observation there for me. I thought the villain in this film, Susan Sarandon, is terrible. She is truly on autopilot and does not give one fuck whatsoever. Really? About, yeah, she was awful. I don't like, look, it's if, for the woman to be, sorry, for the villain to be like a, like a, basically an evil CEO. Yeah. Right? Well, gee, never seen that before. Yeah, no, that's the, but like, it makes sort of, Here's the thing. The king of all CEO evil villains is Lex Luthor. Of course. Okay. And At so least in this universe. Yeah. Uh no, ever. There's never been a a Be cool. think, think of a better evil CEO than Lex Luthor. Right. We'll in the comics he's become president. Right? What? Come back top 10 evil CEOs. Yeah, that's a good call. All right. Um <laughs> well, you know my number one. Yeah, so for her to be that, that typically never works to be fair. It's just not interesting. Like it's just like uh, I, I don't give a shit that she's a woman. I give oh a no, shit. I give a shit that an Academy Award level actress turns in this kind of performance, you which is so one fucking note. Yeah, I suppose because she can't. Yeah. You're right. You're right, actually to just twirl her non-existent mustache 
the whole time. There's no nuance. There's no you don't. There's nothing even remotely agreeable about her. There's no nu- yeah. I said yeah, no, I think no nuance. You're right. That is the problem with. But if- then she's not bringing anything to it. She's just Mwah-ing, yeah, basically. Yeah. And, and I she's think, just cleanly evil. And I, you're expecting more. Well, I was at least. Oh, Susan Sarandon. I didn't know she was in it till literally the opening I. scene. Neither did I. The cold opening band. There she is. Oh, okay. Susan Sarandon is cool. You're right. She's the only name. Unless you count Low Rider. I don't. I do not. I think you're. I think you're there was more know. nuance to her henchman. Most definitely, he had a story. He had an arc. Yes. What the fuck is her arc? She had no arc, and she's a villain. She's yeah, you're pissy right. about her brother. I think that's why the, the thing that this movie lacked, which is why it's not great and just is fine to me, good to you not, is that there was no complexity to other characters. Even like Jaime is just a good kid. He's a, he's a family man, family kid, yeah. bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and he's determined, you know, he, he sees the good in the world. That's it. Yeah, and he wants to fuck. So, like, it's like... Oh, but even then, he kind of... No, no, it's like, that's just because he's a boy, right? That's, that's, no, but not, he does, it's, that's not like the override. He's, of course, he's attracted to that woman. Well, it's the love wouldn't be. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, like, I told you, the superhero got to get V. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> not the boys, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, but because like Susan Strand plays one note, I think a part of it is the time as well. I think the two-hour film, but two yeah, hours, just eh? over. She she could have been more complex, and that would have been better. But they were playing all the family for laughs, basically. Yeah, it would have been nice to have more time with her and less time with George Lopez, and maybe show her that she's just not all evil, evil, evil. There's like a rationale yes, for what she's if doing. There was and, a moment to her. Yes. Yeah, and even the fact that she just orders, you know, just kill him now, and so yeah. we get the guy from What We Do in the Shadows is her sort of scientist offsider. Oh, you know the guy. Okay, I thought it was. Oh, we'll go to the spoilers. Yeah, so we'll get to spoilers. But yeah, sorry, I I started to veer there myself. My no, no. apologies. So yeah, that's my general take. I didn't li- I didn't overly like this. I think it's a nothing film that won't go anywhere, and I think the box office reflects that. Even if people are largely lukewarm or warm on the film, that there, there may be more Blue Beetle in our future, but I don't think it's gonna be mainstay of any new DC universe. Yeah, like I said, I like the kid. That's about as much I can say to it. It gave me like, ah, okay, this is fine. There were some weird tonal inconsistencies that I'll go into in the, yeah, the okay. spoiler section as well. Hit All right, that's our non-spoiler thoughts about Blue Beetle. Let's now, on the other side of this, spoiler shit happen. Bitches leave. <laughs> right, you've had your warning. Out you go if you've not seen the film yet and you do have an interest. So what did you like about the second half of the film when things were playing out the way that they did? Uh, let's see. The thing that I liked, well, for second half-wise, I think... I mean, I, I I wouldn't say there's anything I particularly go. Oh, this is great. There's a second part of thing. It's, it's a saying. Slight. It's really a. Eh. It's air to, but I liked. I think because here it is. I expected very little. Right? Yeah, that helps. And it was better than I expected. So that's going to. I had zero expectations. One way or the other. I didn't expect it to be good. Didn't expect it to be bad. I think I was you still kind a bit of expected left in. it to be bad though. If you had no expectations, though, right? Well, or not no, great. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it, it was, hit- no, I guess if expectations is a score of fifty, mm. then mine's slightly not me. Slightly okay. Yep. Fine. The action sequences. In the film, a couple were good, but other than that, what my one of my issues was this Blue Beetle suit seems to, on some level, be able to do everything, and then at other moments, not do enough shit. Right now, I made a little gag earlier on saying that this mm. is like a poor person's venom because mm. it was kind of like the same thing. There was an intelligence to the suit. Yes, it's talking to him, but it was so neutered and weak that whole storyline. Like when it wanted to, it was like, oh. It's making it seem like he's got an erection because it goes, yeah. but he's kissing. I'm like, yeah. what? There was none of that byplay before. It just takes him through a series. Of, I didn't even understand there was an entity in there until like but later the in the voice, film. Right? There was a voice, yeah, but like it was just like initiating this, doing that. I thought it was just like running through a sequence. Well, they, the, she does say like the 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 hot girl says to like you know it's 
because of X reason. That's why it sometimes does what you want it to, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's like Venom. At least, well, at least they addressed it. But what what then happens is like, but Venom at least had some character. Yes, and this was a chick talking to him like the Tony Stark suit voice. That's mm-hmm. why I think it's but more compared to. Let's okay, maybe a better comparison is Spider Man in the when he had in the, the Tony Stark yep, suit. Yep, yep. That was way better, and seemed even though that was a program and it wasn't an entity or, or an intelligence, it bounced off. Spider-Man so much better than this, this thing happened. I would agree. I would agree. Absolutely. The writing was really weak in that department. That really annoyed the shit out of me as the further the film went too. Like only now, hey, hey, we're going to go. Now it's sort of talking to him almost like an equal or whatever. And I realized there was a moment where I had to accept, you know, where the dad dies and dad tells him, you know, here's your destiny. You need to accept this. And then magically he breaks out of the bonds. And that was stupid. But anyway. Well... <laughs> The do you see what I'm saying? Like, it just yeah. didn't fit for me. It didn't my, work that issue, relationship. Yeah, my issue is more the inconsistency because yep. when he first puts on the suit, that suit will do anything to protect the host, including cutting on button, bus in half and all this sort of shit, right? Yep. Almost to the detriment of the ex- oh, environment around him. Yeah, magic that no one was hurt when that happened. Yeah, no one's <laughs> no one standing in the aisle. Very lucky. But then later on, it's like, oh, sorry, I can't help you. I'm like, well, you were supposed to fucking, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, yeah. that was a bit shit. And then the other, the dude and in the it fucking... And stops him killing, you know, the henchmen. Yeah, where before moment. it was like, I'll do anything to protect you, including killing everyone. Well, now here comes, here comes some of my tonal inconsistency. So there's a moment in this film where Susan Sarandon says, kill them all, basically. Kill the whole family. Yep. Or at least start shooting them, whatever else. And the guards all turn their guns on, on this... The family? Innocent, helpless family. Yeah. And he is like, I'm not killing anyone. What a bunch of shit. Yes. If you had that power and people are about to fire automatic They're weapons, all dead. I don't give a They're fuck. About, I don't, that's not being a good guy. They are, they're making a choice at that point. They're following orders. Yeah. Unlike later in the film where there's this bunch of guards who are just standing around guarding the castle where the family comes wading in with this fucking terribly ridiculous beetle ship, yep. which is so silly <laughs> and out of place in this movie. Which then farts on everyone. Yeah. The moment after it impales someone through the chest there you go. and walks along with it for laughs. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like the that film, was weird. It hasn't got it right. That's it's, weird. It's, over, it's all over the place. And I don't, I have only heard, uh, shout out to So Wizard Podcast, who one review I did listen to that said this same thing. Because I'm like, yes, that's what I was like. What? what? He's not killing anyone. The family's killing everyone. And it's, we're killing innocent guards versus guards that, or, or soldiers that were going to kill your family. I think the, no idea, sense. the idea here is that all the guards are evil. I know. Because like if it could have been easily those guys that got impaled that were in the group that says shoot could have. I think the, uh, the the bigger issue is that Susan Sarandon's got guards that will literally kill innocent people for them yeah. without a moment's notice. Right. Like, this is a, this is not you're not the police. Exactly. And I, I realize that if this is a standing for Mexico City, there's well, lots of corruption and whatever. The else. idea is that she had the police in their pocket. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying that's better. It's like all the guards. But there was like, yeah, literally the whole fucking family. neighborhoods around watching this from their windows. You're just gonna kill it? What? Gonna wipe the whole neighborhood out now? It would be better if Susan Sarandon had a gun on the helicopter and pointed it at the family. And yes. then he's, you know, and then it's like, yeah, well, we know you're evil. Yeah. But then again, then I guess the henchmen become ineffective if they don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I see what you mean, though. That is true. And that's the problem, I guess, that was with a movie like this. You're trying to introduce so many things. You haven't got time to give yeah. complexity to even the henchmen or the characters. So I don't think I don't feel like I'm being nitpicky about that. I think it's really totally yeah, inconsistent. Yeah. And I just didn't like the family gets involved, and that's a difference. You know, so point to the film for doing something different. Rather than the superhero coming to rescue the family, the family comes to rescue the superhero. Yep. And they're completely ineffectual at it, basically. And they run off and do their own separate things. The mother in particular does absolutely nothing. Mm. George Lopez does way too much. <laughs> and then you get the sister and Jenny, I think, is a love interest, and yep. they're running around. 
And so Jenny's got that glove thing, whatever mm. else. But that whole beetle thing, I'm like, oh, that's so stupid. The the the, the, the ship, ship is actually Ted Cord's ship. Yeah, I know. And thing. then, you know, fire the emergency brakes. <laughs> that's some seriously shit brakes. Oh, like the fucking air parachute air, thing? Yeah. yeah, the air parachute was in. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And so, well, it was old tech is the idea. But I will tell you one thing that I did quite like is that they did nod to the original Ted Cord when they went into this, into his like lair or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? First of all, that looked kind of cool. I thought it was kind of cool looking well, there. Says the Batman fan, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very Batman-ish, <laughs> but it was blue. You know what I mean? So, um, but when oh, you... so different. So, <laughs> no, his actual, like, but she says, like, he goes, oh, this looks like Batman stuff if he had ADHD, right? And she said, yeah, my dad knew about the Scarab but couldn't activate it, so he just invented his own tech to fight crime. And then they were like, oh, okay. And I, by the way, let's talk about this. Or mid-credits, end-credits yeah. sequence. Mid, yeah, during the end Mid, credits. yeah. yeah. What exactly happened there? I didn't quite get it. Well, it was Ted's alive. And he from wherever he's broadcasting from, he's saying, whoever turned on my computer, get the message to my daughter. I am alive. I am alive. I'm coming. I fucking missed what he said. I didn't understand what he said. I don't know what it was. I think so basically, we're, Ted, Ted Cord, or whatever his name is, is coming into it. So Blue Beetle 2, you get the original Ted Cord. That's pretty good. Not quite sure who's alive. I didn't, I didn't even bother hanging around for the final one, which apparently was some joke about Mexican wrestling. Uh, it, was the, it was the the animated fucking, like, there's a show. There's a bit like an animated Mexican show, which they just show a bit of its shit. So good, glad I didn't stay. <laughs> no, you did not need to stay for that. Yeah. So, so look, I just some of the, the special effects, some of the visual effects were really good. I think for the for the budget I here, agree, I agree. And then some of them were really ropey. So it did that sort of you know gamut between the two. Mm. At times like, whoa, that looked good. Other times like, ooh, that did not look good. So yeah, yeah that's like, I would give that a pass mark. I wouldn't say it's brilliant because you know, even it out over over yeah, the course of yeah. the film. You know what I think? I think the shit jokes were James Gunn. Going or I don't know. It feels like it feels like that's something he would do in a kids film. Because like, you know James Gunn is a little bit risque. So what you're suggesting here is that Warner Brothers in- <laughs> hide him for shit jokes. Yes, yes I am. Paul. Reinventing re- <laughs> the on entire this occasion, yes. superhero universe. I went. What gets James Gunn the job? Well, he will write a shit joke. <laughs> Souls. <laughs> Does this other guy Wayne Aruzu? <laughs> you want fuck jokes? <laughs> I think that's what it was. The fact that it wasn't so Pollyanna made me think more like positively about it. But uh, I didn't mind the sister bit. She was okay. You know, the the Nana being the revolutionary, that was funny like twice, the fourth or fifth time. I'm like, oh, God. That woman holding a Gatling gun. Sure. Maybe it was a cosmic Gatling gun that has no recoil, Paul. I'm just, I'm (laughs) just, uh, you know, I don't know. Sure, sure. That makes perfect sense. That's what Ted Court's been all his time developing, a (laughs) non-recoiling Gatling gun. If I was him. Anyway. uh, Okay. Yeah. Not a Nerf gun, Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, a Gatling Nerf gun would fucking... Sure they exist. I'm sure. Can we get one for 400 bucks, I reckon? Yeah, it seems a bit cheap. But yeah, okay. <laughs> 600 bucks. 600 whatever. bucks, clams. Yeah, nice. Okay. All right, done. what are you scoring it then? Uh, Blue Beetle, what What does it uh, earn from you? Uh, it is a 64. Oof, okay, it's very high. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I think you're in keeping with what the, yeah. the critics thought. I'm much lower on this one. It continues a trend of very poor films that we've reviewed mm. over the last month and, and more on the show, which is why I think we need to take a break, Wayne. <laughs> Good segue. I'm giving this one a 43. Holy shit. Yeah. As I said, it doesn't get the pass mark for me. We are going away, but with no reviews for the next month. I am going away if I'm really specific. I'm sorry not to paint that one on Wayne. That's right, but so I'll be jerking off. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> There's your mandatory jerk off comment. Just but for very a Very late in the episode. So yeah, no reviews next month on the show. We'll be back come, huh, no pun intended, late <laughs> October. <laughs> 
Well done. With our next review, which we'll determine as we go along. I'm hoping to get along to a couple of IMAX screenings when I'm in the US. Oh, words slut. And um, you know what you got to do? Yep. Hit, try and hit a 40X cunt. 40, 40X, okay. 40X screening. LA has got a, LA has got a, street, a, a, a cinema, and I really want to go to it. That's the one where, like, you know, they actually, for big releases, they go together with the studio and film the sides of the oh, scenes. Oh, yeah, that thing. I've seen that open in Brisbane or some yeah, shit. Yeah, someone, f- like, if there's yeah. water, it sprays I'd be in pretty happy with just a straightforward IMAX where, you know... Come on, little... 40X, motherfuckers! Show me some shit! Tell me about it! There's one, apparently, about 650 metres from the hotel I'm staying at in New York, so... I could definitely I'll do that. I'm getting off to see a couple of those films, I think, through my time. Oh, wait, there. I've been to that IMAX. Is this on Times Square? Uh, it's AMC 25. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a thousand of them all. Yeah, okay. Oh, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. So, we'll be back with some big reviews. Maybe uh, there'll be a bit of a sport. Paul special for the Patreons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Definitely. All the films Paul watched uh, while traveling. There, in, there. In I can't order. wait. I can't wait. So, thank you so much for joining us again today. You can let us get in touch with us via email. Even though I'm away, you can still do that via email at thecountdownpodcast.gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Twitter feed on X. Sorry. X, going to give it to you, there you at go. the Countdown PC. Like and follow the show through Podbean, we host. And most important place to in- react with us is, react with us? Interact with interact us. Interact with us. Is the Facebook listening community. And the link is in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us Join today. My name is Paul. My name's Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. <laughs> there was Cypress Hill in this movie, wasn't there? The song. Yeah. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> Inside in his brain. Insane in the memory. Ball choke on my balls! What? <laughs> I forgot we did that. <laughs> we'll catch you next time, Slayer.